Jerry, video games are the latest craze to sweep the country and most of the world, too. Millions of people are addicted to hours of gazing at electronic images on game screens and arcades and in their own homes. What makes video games so popular? Well, we search for an answer as we begin a special series on video fever, games people play. You know, I hear R. Kelly's looking for boys. <laughs> I know you got a few of them, so I'm just saying, like, it's an option. I'm not saying you should do it. I'm just, it, it is an option you should consider. It is an option. It's always an option, actually. Mm-hmm. Sell them into slavery. Well, R. Kelly's generally looking for somebody, but this time it's, this time it's little boys. Why do people even fucking like R. Kelly, man? Like, yes, Remix to Ignition was great, but, like, we got to let that go in light of, in light of who he became or who he was the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they're, they're out there, right in the midst of us. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know what else is out there all the time, Caleb? Video games? Video games. Indeed. Welcome to Geek Squatch, everybody. Uh, the uh, show about 80s and 90s nerd nostalgia. I'm your host this week, Caleb McAllister. It's been a while since I've done that. Um... This week, we're going to talk about those golden days when one quarter could provide you with five minutes, five whole glorious minutes of entertainment. That's right. We're going to talk about our top five arcade games. Uh, This week, I'm joined, as always, by coin slot master, Mm. Alex Hirsch. What's up, Alex? Yeah, that's what they call me in Elite Dangerous when I slide into them Coriolis stations at like 600 meters a second, man. Coin slot master. That's right. Like I'm a good. glove. Yeah. Yeah. Often. Um I'm no, I'm more like No, you obviously saw me put my quarter on the deck. Do not try to shoe yourself in front of me or I will whoop your ass, Alex Hirsch. Um I'm doing great, man. Things are cool. I had a I had a drunk I had a drunk weekend, so like I'm I'm low today. You know what I mean? Uh but I'm thinking. I've got a couple Got a couple titles here I really want to talk about, so I'm pretty excited. Uh, and I feel the energy rising. I also feel the urge to kill rising. So. Yeah, I think those are two separate things, you know. Mm. And uh, returning to be on the pod with us is our pinball wizard, Jake Renaud. What's up, Jake? Hey, how's it going? Pinball wizard. I don't know about that. <laughs> it sounded good. I'll take ball wizard. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta be gentle. With the balls. Yeah, there's a lot of finesse involved with that one. So, it's been a while since we talked about video games, and I felt that we should talk about some games that don't deserve, like, a full Geek Squatch treatment. Like, they're not games that have a ton of history or necessarily, like, awesome remembrances, but they're, like, our personal favorites. Things that we love to play. Like, if you saw an arcade today you would be very tempted to actually get some change to actually get some cash and drop some quarters in Uh, because i think personally the 90s are like the heyday especially the early 90s of really good quality arcade games i'll give you that yeah i mean well it depends i think that depends on who you talk to right because People our age were able to go to the arcade in the 90s, but folks 
in their you know later 30s into their 40s would probably say like the mid 80s were the time when Donkey Kong was a new game you know like the Donkey Kong Pac-Man era of of arcades is pretty fucking well respected even if I don't I hey guys I don't like either of those fucking games no I would say that they're I don't know I think the ni- early 90s is where like arcade games really like lep- leapt off you know they really just pushed into this new dimension and kind of took over Whereas like the eighties are still relative infancy for video games. I mean, yes, they're very iconic, they're very influential, but we're gonna talk about some really good games tonight. I think. Hell yeah. It so should let's be, talk about it first. It should be noted that actually none of us have shared our lists with each other either, so this is all a this is all an open discussion here, which I I'm excited for. Yeah, I'm very interested to see if there's any crossover. Who do you want to who do you, who do you, who do you want to who do you want to start off? I think we should start off with our guest. Well, returning multi-time guest. I think you're like family now, right? This is like third time. Yeah, yeah, and I'm pretty sure I saw a picture of Alex's butthole today. So, uh, oh, that definitely makes us family. I think you're related now. Yeah, yeah you might be married. Closer yeah, that, than close. Yeah, that Discord chat is weird. <laughs> oh shit yeah yes, you guys, oh fuck i forgot i invited you to that server so oh yeah well, it happened. welcome to the jungle baby thanks all right my first pick here um might throw you guys off a little bit it's cruising usa uh, ah yeah cruising usa this is not going to be the only racing game on here too um also not the only one from midway so yeah 94 is when this game came out uh, Midway, like I said, it was supposed to be an N64 uh, console launch. Um, it was actually supposed to run the 64 hardware. Didn't work. They ran it on uh, the Midway V hardware. And it was, to me, a really good, decent driving game, um, but very difficult, mainly because of all the obstacles. Um, I don't know how many times I just started putting quarters in because... I couldn't get by a certain stage every time I went to go past someone. I ran to a oncoming traffic, something like that. So, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this game. Okay. Any Cruising thoughts? USA. Yeah, uh, I I have played a lot of Cruising USA in arcades um, as well as on the Nintendo sixty four. It was for the sixty four. Um, I I loved it. Uh, the arcade version is better. Um, sort of like objectively better in all counts. Um, I think if I remember correctly, and I haven't re- done any research on this, but I feel like it runs at a more consistent, if not an all all around higher frame rate. Um, but yeah, that's like, I'm not a racing guy. I don't really like racing games very much, especially like uh, as I get a little older, I get more into the idea of maybe I want to play something kind of like a realistic racer, but about as close as I get to that is like burnout. You know what I mean? Like, and that they use actual cars and it's not Mario Kart. You know what I mean? Uh, but your Gran Turismo's of the world always missed me. So, yeah, dude. Uh, Cruising USA was dope as shit. Yeah, and it was kind I, of a I, blend I, of the two, right? Right, yeah. I mean, for the time, it was, it was like, wow, look at how, look at how realistic these cars are handling and acting. But also, it was just, it was still. I guess, pardon the term, but like arcadey enough to feel good for folks like me who were 12 years old and hated cars, you know? Yeah, for me, that game is always 
like kind of a last resort game because again i'm not i'm not into racing like alex i think me and alex will have some potential crossover over anybody here um but i did play the crap out of that game on the nintendo 64 as well because you didn't have to sink quarters in it you know so it was like i'll just play that i'll keep playing it it was it was good it was fun that was a good game uh, at the time to like so what we would do is we would sit down on the 64 at least we would sit down and like run a lap and then challenge like you know you challenge your brother or your cousin or whoever you have with you and be like you know try to beat that you know and that was a cool thing to do in the arcade as well except you know getting it sink quarters into it but it's a solid it's a solid way to start the show it's not a banger you know but uh it's not it's not on everyone's top 10 list but i mean it's i respect it what about you, Alex? What's your number five? Number five. I didn't. So I didn't put mine in any particular order. So I'm going to go. Number five is going to be the original. Uh, number one, Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> uh, you threatened it, and I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> I just didn't know it'd be the first one I hear. I figured I'd come out the gate uh, with it because I don't. Th- I think so. My list is in no particular order. Um, but if I if I wanted to start off and like save some of the things that I'm a little more passionate about um, for later, DDR is until probably like the last year or so when it's gotten really easy with like microtransactions or peripherals or whatever else. Like till the last two or three years into my adulthood, DDR is the game that I've spent the most money on between sinking quarters in at the arcade um you know, buying dance mats, buying physical copies of, the, of later editions of the game to uh, to play at home. You know, uh, for those of you who don't know, and I, I don't know why you would be listening to this and not know what Dance Dance Revolution is, but if that's the case, if you've never been inter- uh, introduced, it is a game with a, it sort of invented the uh, the scrolling highway, the note highway rhythm game, right? In that uh, you have a song playing in the background, arrows will scroll uh, across your screen and as they reach a certain point you have to uh, tap them usually at the top of the screen you have to tap them with a controller pad that is on the floor in the arcade machine it is a large sort of platform pad device with uh, up down left and right arrows situated like a cross um, so as the up arrow on the song would scroll and, and hit the top of the little the little silhouette of the up arrow at the top of the screen you have to stomp on it in time with the song and a lot of the music was like in this first in this first thing, like it wasn't a lot of licensed music. It wasn't uh, even anything that I think really. I mean, it was kind of like techno poppy stuff, uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't like I went in there and got to say, got to hear like my favorite song is on this thing at the time. It was more like, wow, dude, this can be really high energy, and for whatever reason, I was good at it. You know, so I think being good at it made it even cooler and ddr was one of those machines because it's a spectacle because you have to dance and because your physical body's moving um and only two people can play these games at a time and they're expensive expensive machines so most places would only have one ddr machine it drew a crowd it drew a crowd of people waiting to play next but it also drew a crowd of people wanting to watch you and i liked that like that was a lot of fun did you guys ever fuck with ddr at all not in the arcade uh xbox i think the first xbox we Mm. had those uh rollout dance mats yeah, we actually went out and bought that from a dude off Craigslist and probably played it for like two months straight. Nice. I'm not coordinated. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but like I'm white and I'm like really white. Like mm. I disappear in snow and uh, I can't dance. 
So, no, I never was. I highly respected people who could like do it and do it really well. Like the people who were like leaning on the bar and like mm-hmm. just moving their feet a million miles a second and totally ruining their back muscles. I totally respect those people. Um, but this ain't my jam. But it's cool. You know, the real skill is to 100% something on the hardest setting and not use the bar. That's the trick. Because the bar lets you kind of get get a little more fast and loose with how you move your feet and not have to worry about falling or tripping up. No, nah, man, you got you to gotta go barless. Also, shout out to DDR, especially the first DDR. Shout out to DDR for being the first game to use fucking gigantic speakers destroying the rest of the arcade environment. Like, you cannot hear anything else that's happening. You can't talk to your friends. If there's any cabinets, if Street Fighter is next to DDR, you're never going to hear that shit again. So, shout out to DDR for really becoming a domineering presence in the fucking arcade scene. <laughs> How much loss of hearing you think has has been done by DDR specifically? Dude, I would say I would say it's responsible. Anyone who worked in an arcade for any period of time when they had one of those machines, like for certain, but just also... Just okay, so like I don't know that it needs to be a disclaimer, but as like a as an as an announcement, I guess like I worked in an arcade for a while, like a long while. Um, they're loud, dude, and it's and it's it's actually less about the loudness and more about there's like a constant level of sound. It doesn't really dip in and out at all. It's just a constant. If you're working an eight hour shift, it is eight hours of it. You know what I mean? So I bet I bet a lot. And who uh who? published that who developed that oh, oh, that's that konami that is a konami game my guy so we'll probably um never see another good one again it's probably gonna get feel <laughs> it's probably gonna get fielded out to like who the fuck knows and they're gonna make some half-assed version of ddr maybe um, a plinko dance. machine a ddr plinko machine yeah no shit fucking monsters what i want hideo kojima to make a fucking rhythm game i'd play it <laughs> It's gonna have one crazy ass story, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, you gotta play it with your own actual bones. You gotta take out your <laughs> leg bones and play it with those. <laughs> yeah, I can believe that. There's gonna be it's not the only Konami game that's probably gonna be on here. Konami was a prolific arcade developer in the nineties and eighties for that matter. So just be prepared for that. So I guess it's my turn. Get it. My number five is something we've already actually done a full episode on, but I felt that it had to be mentioned in this. And that is Street Fighter 2, the arcade game. Mm. I forgot we did a Street Fighter episode. Yeah, it doesn't really matter if we're talking about Turbo or World Champion. Like, Street Fighter 2 started the multiplayer fighting arcade phenomenon. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I remember vividly, I was playing, uh, I was 12 years old. My dad had given me a dollar and quarters. At the time, one play on Street Fighter 2 was one quarter. I picked, uh, I walked up and there were a couple older kids playing, probably like 15, 16. Walked up, got in line, waited for my turn. One kid like beat everyone. And I put a quarter in, picked Chun-Li and immediately beat him four times in a row. And oh, my yeah. dad walked up and was like, uh, you still playing? I was like, yeah, doing pretty good. He's uh, like, how much money do you have left? I was like, 75 cents. He's like, you've been playing on one quarter this whole time? I was like, yeah. 
And then he's, he's like, okay. And kind of like step back and then watch me beat like the same kid two more times. <laughs> yeah. It was good. Yeah. Uh, Street Fighter 2 is crazy good. Uh, I still, I'm, when it comes to fighting games, I like Street Fighter quite a bit. And when it comes to Street Fighter games, Street Fighter 2 is, Street Fighter 2 Turbo might be my favorite fighting game of all time. Like, it's pretty fucking high up there. A lot of people really like MVC2, and that's, I, I get why. Like, I, I see that, but there's a, I'm not arguing about the objectivity of which one's better. I just think that, like, probably my favorite, one of, or at least one of my favorite fighting games of all time is Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Like, this game is, it set it off, man. Everybody knows what Street Fighter is. It's because of Street Fighter 2. It's not because of the first Street Fighter, for sure. If you ever played that game, it's very bad. Got anything, Jake? Great game. I don't know. Um, I'm not a great fighting guy or great fighting game player, I should say. Uh, I got a different fighting game on here that I played a lot more growing up, but um, no, you can't you can't fight that choice. Awesome. Well, um, you're up next. Cool. All right. Number two for me uh, or sorry, number four for me. Turtles Arcade or Turtles 2 on NES. Uh, 1989, also Konami. Um, you could do... My favorite part is you had a good single-player mode um, for when you're on the NES, where you can just kind of cycle through the Turtles. Um, or if you had multiple players in the arcade, you get all four out there, kicking ass all at the same time. Um, yeah, I mean... Just a great side scroller. You got pizza uh, ads there, but what else do you want out of a turtles game? I don't know, man. Like, yeah, you're right. It's it's probably other than Turtles in Time. It's probably the best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, in my opinion. I mean, the first NES game is uh, atrocious. Yeah, it's um, bad news, but this thing. Man, so many hours, so many good hours. I mean, it's hard. It's not easy or anything like that. But like, you know, you pop on that game, Janie, uh, when you have it at home and you you give yourself infinite lives. This is a good night. Oh, yeah. I, I mainly played NES, um, played it in the arcades when I was in the arcade and uh, played it more than Turtles in Time. That's why it's on my list instead. And also, I figured probably it might show up in one of your lists, uh, Turtles in Time. So. I guess mm. that's yet to be determined. We will see. I played a lot. I played a lot of this particular game at a Pizza Hut, man. A yeah. very particular Pizza Hut. When I would get my, uh, you guys ever do that accelerated reader program? You read the books, you get a free personal pan pizza. I never participated in that, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was it. Was big like in all of the schools that I went to growing up, and uh, so that was my thing. Is I would always. I would like just like devour these books so that I could go through and take the AR tests on the computer. There's like multiple choice, like 10 questions about, you know, the basic plot of the book. You know what I mean? Uh, so you go through and you read stone soup and you answer your 10 questions and you get X amount of points. And then if you beat a certain threshold, you get a free pizza from pizza hut. So going to pizza hut meant that like, I got a free pizza. I had a couple other siblings in elementary school as well, you know, so they might, be reading enough to get a free pizza so it's a family event we go out there we get the free pizza and my mom's like well hey look man we probably would have spent money on this anyway so here's like five bucks in quarters go have fun they only had two machines there it was like a fucking golf game 
and uh, the original 1989 uh, Ninja Turtles arcade game. Tons of time, tons of money spent playing that. And then I, I had it for the NES too. My mom actually, fun fact, is the one who beat that game for me the first time on the NES. I left it, paused it at, at a, uh, I don't even remember what level it was, but on a level that I couldn't beat, I left it paused. And I was like, when I come home, I'm going to try to beat it. Like, please don't turn the Nintendo off. And I came home. There's mom stoned to the bone, fucking play turtles. So I come back and I watch her for a little while and she fucking beat the game. And I was like, damn, dude, look at you. <laughs> I don't think I ever beat this game. I don't think so. It's a hard ass game. I've gone back to it like as an adult. It's a hard ass game. Yeah, well, like most of the games in this time period, it's made to eat quarters, so that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like I did better at this game when I was like 10 years old. <laughs> or at least you had a lot more patience for your failures, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't have anything else to do. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, That's it. Draw, Work? draw pubic hairs on Barbies. You did that? Uh, yeah. Okay. You didn't? No. Okay. I know a lot any, more about you now. Do you have any sisters? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'm just weird. <laughs> and there's your answer right there. <laughs> As All it right, goes. Alex. Uh, number my, four for you. My number four arcade game is um, Mattel's Barbie's Pubic Hair Simulator. Mm-hmm. Um, no, mm-hmm. it's uh, actually I'm going with another rhythm game, you guys. And it's one that I don't know if you've probably ever even played um, because it is a newer game and also technically outside of our wheelhouse but i don't give a fuck because i have if i'm talking about arcade games i'm talking about this game this is called taiko drum master or oh, taiko yeah. no tatsujin uh taiko drum master fucking rules this game is mm, all right this game happened at a time in 2000 it was 2001 is when the first taiko drum master came out uh in japan and <sighs> This is at a time when arcades were, when home consoles were becoming so prolific and so powerful. Uh, you got to remember that the Dreamcast hardware, if you listen to our Dreamcast episode, the Sega Naomi board that ran almost every Sega game for many years is the same board. It's the Katana board that is in the Dreamcast, basically. It's the exact same hardware, which is why Dreamcast was able to faithfully recreate arcade games so well, and it was really lauded for that at the time. Um, but also you had your Playstations, and then at this point, you know, your PlayStation 2s, your Xboxes and all that. Uh, hardware was getting powerful and people had it in their homes. So arcades had even less of a draw. Now, not only do they take your quarters, but also you can play the same fidelity games at home for the most part. So what had happened was around this time you saw arcade machines getting humongous and getting weird and having weird peripherals. Taiko drum master is that game. It is a game with two giant Taiko drums on it. And it has the big, the thick sticks um, and it's a rhythm game, much like any other, uh, notes scroll there. This highway goes from side to side. Um, and it tells you where to hit the drum, either on the sides, the top, bottom, or middle. Um, and you just play along with either like J-pop or, um, I think there might be, might've been in that first one may have been some licensed songs, uh, of some kind or like remixes of licensed songs. Um, but yeah, it's just you wailing on a big ass drum and it's crazy sturdy. Like this machine is so well built that you can actually beat the living shit out of it and you feel okay about it. And sometimes if you're not really, if you don't have like a really good stick control, you kind of feel like you have to, when you're moving frantically, I think they knew that and built it for that. Uh, but then also it has like a built-in camera or that may have been one of the later versions. One of the later versions, I believe 
had like a built-in camera so that once you got a high score, it would like take a picture of you and it would put your high your picture and your high score name up on the board. Oh man. The thing about the problem with this game is it was like a two dollar play in a lot of our in a lot of arcades. You know what I mean? It was like it was an expensive machine to play, and it was also packed. If the if the arcade had customers, somebody was always on this machine, you know. Uh do you want to hear the track list for this? Because I've never seen this game before. Really? Okay, yeah. Really? On me. Never seen it. So we got um, in the pop rock section, we got the ABC by the Jackson 5, American mm-hmm. Girls by Counting Crows, Are You Gonna Be My Girl by Jet, Girls and Boys by Good Charlotte, I'm a Believer by the Monkees, uh, Killer Queen by Queen, Lady Marmalade by LaBelle, Love Shack by the B-52s, Material Girl by Madonna, My Sharona by The Knack, Slide by the Goo Goo Dolls, which is hilarious to me. Um, That's the Mm. Way I Like It by Casey and the Sunshine Band. Uh, The Impression That I Get by the Mighty Mighty Boston's, Toxic by Britney Spears, Tub Thumping by Chumba Wumba, and Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. Yeah. That's a hell of I mean that's a hell of a list of uh you know songs for North America but there's also a song on here and this is the reason I came to this mm-hmm. machine the first time mm-hmm. and I'm looking, I know why you're, what you're going to say I am now looking at the track list as Caleb was listening I brought it as Caleb was listing them I brought it up uh, cuz I didn't actually want to research I didn't want to have any like factoids in mind before the show came on This machine would blast to you the Jimmy Neutron. No, uh, it actually does have the Jimmy Neutron theme song on it. No, the Dragon Ball Z theme song. Rock the Dragon, dude. By Shuki best, Levy. One of the best. One of the best anime fucking intros of all time. It's literally. It's literally Evangelion. Evangelion. Dragon Ball Z. Back to back. Back to back on on intros. But anyway, yes. Taiko Drum Master. Jacob, do you ever fuck with this at all? I don't know if I saw it. Do we have it in town? Uh, no, we don't have it in town. There used to be in Winchester, uh, which was probably around the time that you were not living around here. Uh, but in Winchester, we had a place in the old Circuit City that uh, was turned into a huge arcade. Um, and they had a few of those machines. Yeah, no. I had real drums, so mm. I probably wasn't going to play this game. Mm, what the fucking what the fucking sneak burn on you. <laughs> <laughs> you got I, had, I, had, I had fucking real guitars. I love Guitar Hero, man. I don't know what you're trying to say to me, right? Like, Good call. Yeah, no, I play guitar here a lot. Well, that's my that's my I guess I guess I had to order these now now that that's the way we're doing it. That's my number 4 entry for my arcade machines. Nice. I wonder how much one of those costs if you could get one. Uh the last one that I saw for sale was like $3500. Wow. Yeah. I've actively looked at it. Like I I honestly if I could own one arcade machine, it wouldn't be like NFL Blitz or something like that or like, you know, Turtles in Time like those are games that I can emulate pretty well, and it's fine. Um, it would be something that has a big, stupid peripheral like a DDR machine or like Taiko Drum Master. By the way, Taiko Drum Master just came out in Japan on the Switch, and in a few weeks, it's going to get an English patch, and the Switch is region-free, and it comes with a, you can buy a little drum peripheral with it that is actually pretty fucking dope, and you can stick... It has cutaways in the back of it where you can stick standard size 500 milliliter water bottles in the back of it to add weight to it so it won't slide around on you which is a weird fucking thing to say is like hey we didn't build it heavy but if you want to put water bottles in it whatever man nintendo be wild bandai be (laughs) wild uh but anyway i haven't tried it yet i will be importing that game though (laughs) 
That sounds very intriguing. I might uh, check that out. Let's see what's going on. Play some drums. My kids will love it. That's a problem. They might break the Switch, though. Well, the cool thing is the Switch, you, you would display it either playing on your TV or you could, like, stand the Switch off to the side. And the drum peripheral is actually, like, you know, it looks to be, like, I don't know, 12 inches in diameter or something like that. Uh, okay. And it operates as a full controller. It's got buttons along the bottom, uh, whole nine <laughs> yards. And you just sit it on a table and hand them the sticks. You know what I mean? Yeah. That sounds fun. That's super cool. All right, well, uh, my number four is one that I'm hoping you two have at least played, if not seen, in an arcade. Uh, another Konami-developed game came out in uh, 1991, September. 1991, huge year mm-hmm. for arcade games, by the way. I don't quite understand why that year in particular, but like a lot of really good arcade games came out um, in 1991-1992. This one is Sunset Riders. Sunset Riders. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm getting weird looks. Okay, so Sunset Riders is a a Konami game. Uh, It's directed by Hideyuki Tusa Jumoto. And um, it came out eventually on Mega Drive and Genesis and the SNES. It's a four-player game where you shoot. You're like, it's a Western and you yeah. get power ups and you jump from platform to platform. It's got two or three levels of of uh vertical plane. And there's like a really cool stampede where like you run on the tops of horses at different points during the game. There's like a skate stagecoach um level where you're protecting the stagecoach. Um uh, yeah, super fun. You shoot at different angles. It's one of the first games I remember like being able to like shoot at, at at a diagonal, either up or down. Yeah, yeah, sure. Huh. I want to look at something really fast because there are, if you or Jacob want to vamp for a minute, there are some weird similarities going on here that I need to look at. Uh, yeah, actually, I don't even need to. Uh, this machine, Sunset Riders, used the exact same board and the exact same hardware as the 1989 TMNT game. Oh. Well, there Which you is go. why, if you look at the character select screen, that's what made me think. I was like, "Wait a minute! Somebody just fucking just fucking yeah. swap this stuff over." That character they're, select screen is literally the turtle screen. Yeah, huh. I think this game is honestly better than Turtles, um, but it's got shooting in it. Maybe that's why. Instead of like the up close and personal fighting, where you can get your butt kicked. Yeah, I uh, hate cowboys in the Wild West altogether, and like I'm like I've come around a little bit more on westerns and stuff like that as an adult. Uh, but as a kid, I especially fucking hated that garbage. So I have seen this machine and was like, nah, dog, I'm good. Yeah. Once, it's actually pretty good. Once I looked at pictures, I realized I've seen it. Same thing. Uh, cowboy hats. I was out, but nothing to yep. do with anything on this game. We're, we're in that, like that, like hard cutoff that probably happened like just six months, like before we were born or something to where like. If it's got ninjas in it, you can pretty much fucking bet that I'm there. But if it's got cowboys in it, I don't even want to fucking look at it. <laughs> See, the problem is I didn't watch Tombstone till I was like 17. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't. Yeah. 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 If your dad's not into Westerns, you're not into Westerns. That's the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. My dad is into Westerns. So that makes sense. Uh, that uh, totally, totally makes sense. And I actually generally don't care for Westerns that much. I do love Tombstone. It's a great movie. Um, and there's a couple other ones that I can stand, but, um, I just like the way this game plays and it's always fun, you know, to 
to shoot a whole bunch of stuff. Your power ups would give you dual wielding and spread shot and all that. Uh, super fun. I like Western horror movies like Ravenous. It's a good ass movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think this game brings up something with arcades. I guess in my mind, I'm going to steer clear of a game just by the way it looks. Maybe um, walking through an arcade because I have a finite amount of money in my hand. I don't know what I'm going to spend it on. But and you probably have a finite amount of time because mom is either going to say I'm going to pick you up at six or the birthday party's over. You yeah, know. or the movie starts, whatever. Yeah. Right. So the way games are presented, um, I would guarantee there's a ton of games that are kick-ass that none of us even registered with. Yeah, for sure. That's a good point, though. I mean, I I hadn't had that expressed thought, but like, yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, because now there's a YouTube review for every game, or you know. You yeah, know what and it also, is going also, in. also three quarters of the budget is fucking advert. Not really. That's a horrible number, but like it's a ton of advertising budget and, you know, commercial. Yeah, that wasn't that back in the day. That's for goddamn no. sure. No, the advertising was the, the board above. And the so marquee. if you saw cool yeah. artwork, artwork, if you saw cool artwork, then that was like, I might play that game. If, if you saw it and were immediately like, oh, that's a Western. I'm not into Westerns. You just walk away. The other thing that was cool about this game is it was four player and I'm really into four player arcade games and I very rarely got to experience actually four people playing the same game because when you do those games really shine, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's the mo- I mean, anything, especially at the time that had multiplayer, it it's better because you were in a social environment. You know, it wasn't multiplayer right. as, as you would explain it now where you're playing with guys on the Internet elsewhere. You know, you were right there with these people. You could talk trash. You could say, no, grab that thing up there, you know. It was different. Yeah, I don't think you can really explain that to people growing up now. Like, not it's, really. Kind of couch co-op, maybe a little bit, but those games. It's to the point now where I'm not looking for the best couch co-op games. I'm looking for any. Right. I think you know? dance or just dance might be the only one. Mm. Mm. Mario Party. Mm, Mario Party. Yeah, that's true. Smash. Mario Party is a game you can play by yourself, but should play with other people, and also shouldn't play ever. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, Jake, what's your number three? Cool. My number three is Tekken 3. Um, if, you can't, if you can't tell by now, um, my list isn't best games. It's what did I play growing up the most um, yeah. that happened to also be in arcades, I think. Because <laughs> um, mainly grew up playing console games, but didn't realize at the time most of these games were just ports of arcade games until you get into the arcade. Um, maybe you're out of town or something like that. You run into an arcade game that you're like, oh, shit, I own that. <laughs> and then right. you go play it. It's completely different. Um, it's kind of it's kind of Tekken 3 for me. Play with my friend uh, Chris. Shout out to Chris. He doesn't listen to this podcast. But um, maybe we'll get him Who to does? start. <laughs> um, no, I played the – Played this with Chris on PS1 all the time. Uh, probably the most fun I've had uh, with the fighter. Mainly, it's it's kind of got a little bit of button mash and a little bit of combo. Um, I don't think juggling was a big deal, um, if I remember correctly. And it felt really smooth, and the characters were entertaining. Like, there's a, a giant bear named Kuma, um, very uh, scantily clad women, which 
<laughs> looking back, not the best, but when you're like nine in the middle of the nineties, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That was one way you could get one over on your parents, you know? Right. Cause it's a game. Until they started putting, until Dead or Alive just started putting that shit on the fucking cover of the game, and now you have a problem. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Dead or Alive ruined it for everybody. Thanks for those titties, though. I really needed those when I was like, when I was like fourteen. Like, I, hey guys, appreciate that. Who is your main? Jin, I think it was Jin. Jin, okay, cool. I played this game a lot too. I played as um, the Taekwondo character, um, Hoang. You know, talking about he had the uh, white and blue yes. gi. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That seems right. That seems like some shit you would do. I also like the character, and I can't remember his name, who um, was into capoeira. Mm, Yes, you're talking about... um, God, his name... I always fucking reference him, and I can't remember what his name is. Hold on. Uh, It's not Eddie Gordo. That's the other fucking guy. Oh, I use Eddie a lot. I can can see Eddie. I think it is Eddie. Is it Eddie? It is Eddie. You're right. It is. It's, It's Eddie Gordo. Yeah. I lied to you. I'm sorry. It is I like a- Eddie. He's a good character. Yeah, Eddie's an asshole. Eddie's like an asshole. character? No. Yeah, probably also because anyone who practices capoeira is probably an asshole. <laughs> um, no. I play fucking Yoshimitsu, man. What are y'all doing? I also I, I fought choice. with Kuma a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> nothing good. I was doing nothing good. <laughs> <laughs> nothing good going on. But everybody forgets about one man, and that's Jack. Oh Tekken's, yeah, Tekken's Jack is a fucking is a powerhouse, just a just a murder machine. But I was terrible with him, so yeah, I was terrible with everyone. I, I we played this like all summer, probably when we were ten. Um, and I think by the end of the summer, I could win five out of twenty matches against my friend. Twenty five percent probably wasn't that's that not terrible. Yep. Yeah. Some people have it and some people don't, though, man, because, like, fighting games are fucking weird. People who don't have that skill or that, that like, I, I call it, like, a gene. Like, people who don't have that fighting game gene, and the people who do have it aren't amazing, necessarily. They still have to practice and get good and figure out invincibility frames and shit like that. But, like, the people who just had Street Fighter because their older brother played it, you know what I mean? Like, there's just a, diff- there's just a different class of people. They can never hope to compare. You know what I mean? Yeah, I always used to hate playing against people who would button mash because I was always into the technical stuff. Mm-hmm. And you just can't predict somebody who button mashes what they're yeah. going to do. So they win a lot. And man, it was super frustrating to be like, I'm, I'm trying to... You play against an AI component en- enough and you get to know eh, general weaknesses and strengths of characters. But man, those button mashers, always, well, always a bane. Yeah, because the thing is, is when you're playing against the computer, the computer is going to play by the book, essentially. You know what I mean? And when you're playing against a player who has really sat down and studied the art of of this game and put a lot of hours into it, they are also sort of playing by a book, if not the book. And you get these button mashers and it's like, this guy's just fucking ham-ass wild, you know? (laughs) And you generally those people are also very aggressive or very defensive and like there's no in-between. So you can punish those people a lot, but sometimes they get you locked in a fucking juggle. And, or, or locked or locked in a corner or something like that, and it's like, well, fuck you, dude. <laughs> yeah. Fighting games are the only games that make me very mad. Yeah, they're the uh, instant rage generator right there. Uh, what about you, Alex? 
What's your third? Hmm. I got to look at this list because, like I said, I didn't order it. So give me just a hot second while I stare at it here. And I will say we'll give uh, – I'm going to go ahead and mark this one off. I'm going to mark this one off the list altogether. So uh, we'll say that my third entry, number three out of five, is Crazy Taxi. Oh. Now. The Sega game. Yes. Uh, built on the Naomi board that I mentioned earlier, which uh, was basically a Dreamcast, which meant that the Dreamcast version of this game is like one for one fucking accurate. Mm-hmm. You bring, If you had a Dreamcast, you play, or if you now have a Dreamcast and you play it on there, it is dead ass exactly what you want. And unlike some of the sequels or later versions or whatever else, uh, all that music and all those uh, Pizza Huts and KFCs and all that stuff are still in there in that Dreamcast version. They're still there. It's still the same game you played. You can go back and check that out. So for anyone who doesn't know about Crazy Taxi, it is a game where you dump a couple quarters in, depending on your arcade and what they have it set to. Uh, generally, I think it was a 50-cent machine is, is sort of across the board. It's a two-credit machine. Um, so you dump a couple quarters in, and you pick a character. Sometimes you can pick a car. Um, if I remember right, the original Crazy Taxi, you could pick a car at some point. Um, so you pick a character, and you... Basically just drive around what is essentially, I, I guess it's supposed to be San Francisco, right? That's the, the idea. Is it's, you know, it's got cable cars and hills and shit, so that tells me San Francisco. Um, you drive around, and it's kind of like an open world game. It's fucking crazy. So you're timed. You put those two credits in, and you're timed. You start off with, I think, 60 seconds. Um, and you essentially drive to your nearest person standing on the road. Uh, they will have color-coded from green to yellow to orange to red in diff- you know, increasing difficulty levels, uh, color-coded signs above their head. You drive up next to them, stop your car. They'll hop into your taxi, and they'll say, Take me to the Pizza Hut! And then you drive as fast as you can, as crazy as you can, in your taxi, in your crazy taxi, uh, to the Pizza Hut. You get, a big, you get kind of a GPS arrow, basically. Um, you drive them there, you stop the car, you drop them off. The whole time you earn bonuses for like doing... You, they don't really say... It's not like sick jump, but like driving erratically seems to give you more, more tip money from them basically. And then when you drop them off, you get your fare. And every time you do that, it increases your time. So it's just basically an open world city where you're driving around, picking these people up and taking them destination to destination. Some of them are close. Some of them are far away. You can kind of min max it if you show up because it does say like the destination is 300 meters away or 900 meters away. So you can say, no, I don't want to take this guy right now. Or if it's like a red mission uh you know maybe it's a harder place to get to on the map or maybe it's farther away i don't want to do that right now because i'm low on time let me get a couple green missions in bolster my time and then maybe i'll come back and do one of these red guys but all that thought has to happen very quickly because it's a very fast-paced game it's i mean you only stop moving for just a second to pick someone up and just a second to drop them off and beyond that you are hauling ass now that's how the game plays but it's very important to really dig down on the fucking soundtrack of this game because this is another one of those things sort of like ddr it was loud it was a very loud machine and it was a very iconic machine because you would hear the offspring screaming at you as soon as you enter the arcade if you walk in and you hear that yeah 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 then you know exactly what's happening crazy taxi is here and it's time to play some crazy taxi um I don't know. Did you guys ever fuck with this game? Because, like, this was... The only other game that ever came close to Crazy Taxi for me was that fucking Simpsons game that came out for, like, the PlayStation 2, Xbox era. Uh, 
uh, otherwise it's kind of wholly unique. It's basically Uber, right? It's fucking Uber in 1999 or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I remember playing it a couple times at the arcade, um, never on Dreamcast. Don't don't really remember much about it other than what you've already said. Uh, yeah, I don't. How were the driving dynamics? Fine, like the the physics and stuff was fine. It was arcadey for sure. Um, it was literally like you had drive and you had reverse. There was no option to have like a manual vehicle or anything like that. There wasn't really much in the way of a throttle system. You were basically stop or go. Um, but you had brakes, so you could slow down kind of that way. But it is, I mean, when you come to pull up at a fair, you're literally like careening into the side of a building and like dropping them off, you know. Um, yeah, I figured you would be kind of on this one because it's like the whole. So- the, I think the entirety of the soundtrack was bad religion and offspring. I'm super into that. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's, it's pretty good. What about you, Caleb? Did you ever fuck with this at all? Um, occasionally in the, in the arcade, uh, it was just too expensive. I think it was like a dollar or 75 cents a play. And I never got that much time out of it. Cause I didn't know the meta of the game, you know, or yeah. I guess not the metal, but like the, the maximization of your time. And so I'd never get more than maybe two fairs in before I'd run out of time. Um, and so I played it at a couple friends' houses. They had um, Genesis's or Saturn's or whatever Sega platform that it came out on. Dreamcast, my guy. Yeah. Yeah, one of those ones. I, I was not a Sega house at all. Never had one growing up. So um, they all kind of blend in to me. But uh, there's, yeah. no, there's no fucking way you confuse a Saturn. Actually, I, I guess, yeah, you probably could confuse Saturn and Dreamcast pretty easily. Their form factors are kind of similar. Mm-hmm. And they're both like half-step-ass machines that were like, I don't know, we're still trying, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Except one of them was good. Right. It was the Dreamcast. So, it's a fun game, though. I actually have it um, on my Xbox One now. I have the 360 version. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. That one is, I remember pl- I played it once. Um I own it. It's I think it's actually installed on my Xbox One. I played it once, but I don't I don't remember does that one have the soundtrack intact? Does that have the offspring shit going on? I wanna say no. I feel like it would be crazy if it did, because that version came out in like two thousand and seven, I think. So who the hell knows? Yeah, but if you got it on Xbox One, you can play Spotify, get the playlist made up just mm. dude that's how you do it there's the fucking there's the fucking catch right there look at hey look at a smart guy yeah. living in fucking 2073 over here charge two dollars at the door yeah man oh shit good call yeah throw a kegger yes. oh throw a crazy taxi kregger kegger kregger you only invite friends named craig <laughs> you gotta make you gotta make more friends named craig it's like one guy shows up yeah <laughs> that one, yeah that one guy that one guy who works in accounting Hi, my name's Craig. Um, I heard there's a party. Is there going to be sex or is this <laughs> not a sex thing? This is the wrong party. I went to the wrong party. <laughs> awesome. Very Craig good choice. From Craigslist shows up. And he, want, and he, <laughs> wants Craig. to sell, he wants to sell you an old tire. Damn it, Craig. Don't want your tire. So for me, uh, my third choice is another multiplayer game. Another four-player game, or at least it could be. And that is the 1992 X-Men. 
arcade game. I knew you would do this to me. You don't like it? No, I love this game. It's not on my list, though, but I love this game. Yeah, it's another Konami game, actually. Came out in 1992. Um, Hey, remember when they were good? (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. Do you remember that time when Konami was, like, fucking out there doing it? What's crazy to me is that this game never got any kind of sequel, as far as I know. Like, no... Even spiritual one, which is really sad to me because there's some really great characters in it and it's really fun. Now, granted, I think with if you had a new one, there's lots of cool upgrades you could do. But like this is a game where you could play as Cyclops, Colossus, Wolverine, Storm, Nightcrawler or Dazzler. First of all, dude, nobody knows who Dazzler is, but like she's pretty good in this game. I always played Nightcrawler. Yeah, I know. Me too. Um, I occasionally tried Colossus and Wolverine, but we all know Nightcrawler is a shit. I, I wanted Wolverine to be good in that game because I was a, like I was a major Wolverine fan in the nineties. But I don't know, man. Some people liked him. I, I fucking I didn't I think he's a bad character, personally. I think Cyclops is I hate playing Cyclops and I hate Scott Summers and I fucking hate that that whole character exists at all. So I won't play as him, but I think he might be the best. I think it's like Nightcrawler and Cyclops. Yeah. You might be right. You might be right. Um, yeah, and they just try to stop Magneto. There's a lot of really cool comic book villains, and they're all done in the 90s style. Like, straight up, like, it feels like you're playing a comic book. It's great. Um, you fight the Reavers. You fight <coughs> um, Pyro, Blob, Wendigo, Nimrod, the White Queen, Emma Frost, um, Juggernaut, and Mystique. Uh, the heroes fight their way to Island M and ultimately like to Magneto's base. And I never got that far, but I really had a lot of fun playing this game. And when the occasional like four person team came along, man, this was some good times. Hell yeah, dude. I have, I have spent money on this game. I mean, probably enough to have founded it like a, like a, I don't know, uh, an estate sale and bought my own cabinets worth of money on this game. Uh, I just, I mean, that's probably an exaggeration, but like I've fucking laid it down, dude. I used to, this was the game that I went to at my arcade when I was a kid or the arcade at the, uh, you know, the PX on the military base. Um, they had one of these and man, that was like going grocery shopping was like, yo, can I, can I go play that arcade game though? You know, can I go wait at the front of the store and play this arcade game while you shop? Because uh, in the 90s, you could do that. You could just leave your kids like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Assume they're not going to get kidnapped by somebody. Right. And the kidnapping was still happening. We just didn't really have the internet the way we do today. Uh, Yeah, man. I don't know. I played I played a lot of this fucking X-Men game. And you, you really hit the nail on the head. You said what I wanted to say about this game, because this was going to be an honorable mention for me. It was like playing a comic book. It was like playing X-Men, the animated series. Like, it was just... It was not a a phoned in bullshit example or like, or, or like a, like a cash in on something that I liked. Like, I felt like, damn, this is the shit. This is, this is the one, you know, this is when tie in games were still good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a crazy thing to say. Yeah. Cause they're generally horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I was never yeah. an X-Man guy. Never really played the game, but the fucking theme, come on. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the biggest thing. I remember being like, oh, I watched that cartoon, but just don't feel like playing the game, whatever it was. But I would hang out next to the cabinet so I could listen to the theme. <laughs> yeah. 
it is really good sound um, in general. The sound effects are good. Um, I can I can hear Colossus yelling when he does his super like in my head at any given okay. time. So there's a um, convention out here uh, that takes place at the Gaylord um, in Silver Spring, Maryland, right? Uh, it's called MAGFest, Music and Gaming Festival. And there is a legend, and I'm not going to go into it here, but that Colossus noise is like, it is a fundamental part of what MAGFest is and like the MAGFest community. And it is great because you will be walking through through the con. You'll be walking through the halls of this convention center and people will just be like, ah! and then you'll hear 75 other people do it as well from like all around you in this building. Like <laughs> That's it's, great. It's amazing. You should read the story because it's actually very touching too, but it's uh, it's a cool Oh, thing. I think you sent me that. I did read it. Yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about. Very cool. All right, Jake, number two for you. I'm going to do a combo. It's NFL Blitz slash NBA Jam. I'm going to lean more towards Blitz, though, because that's what I played more. Um, 93 was Jam. 97 was Blitz, both by Midway. Um, same kind of vibe, but the big difference is Blitz, you could body slam people after the, <laughs> after the play, do an elbow drop, whatever the hell. It, I feel like it took sports gaming to a different level and trash talk in sports gaming to another level because all the players were roided out. They're yelling at each other in the game. Um, just a lot of fun. Yeah, didn't this come out during like the Attitude Era of WWE as well? Like, it feels very like that machismo, like, like gotta be a tough man kind of game. You know, it kind of it came out at that right time and hit. And this it's a lot of fun. I'm not gonna lie for a football game, which I'm generally not into. Uh, this is a game that I can get down with. Absolutely, and for me, it changed it changed some of the rules of football in the right way. Um, mm-hmm. 30 yards for a first down. You could run forward motion, no timeouts, uh, no extra points. Skip that shit. Um, no pass interference. You just take people out. Dude, I had so much fun playing this game. It's like a gladiatorial version of football. Like yeah, even yeah. more so. I mean, it turned football into a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Alex, did you ever play this? played the fuck out of this because we had this in the arcade that I worked in. Uh, this was one of those games that I would just pop the key, uh, you know, because they have those like cylinder lock keys and you just they give you like three of them and that controls the whole fucking building basically. Uh, so, you know, you pop the front of the cabinet open, you tick the little ticker that the coin uh, should register. It's just, it's just a little, it's almost like a paper clip, a little lever. And you open up that thing and clack, 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 put about 30 credits on that bitch and just sit and play NFL Blitz for like two hours. Because... Uh, <laughs> Nobody would fucking show up at this arcade, dude. Just imagine an arcade in my town. You've been here, Caleb. Yeah. You know. Oh, I know. Uh, you know, so imagine in like 2000, and, like imagine like 2004 to 2007, what an arcade would have been like in Front Royal, Virginia. That's what Oof. it was. It was it was just me eating the fucking one ticket Tootsie Roll rewards from out of the cabinet. <laughs> uh, you know, fucking, I had a portable DVD player that I watched fucking face off on a lot. And then I would play NFL Blitz. It was great. I can I can see you with like a half-eaten Tootsie Roll in your mouth like for hours. Yeah. Yeah. And imagine me also, no beard, three musketeers style facial hair with the goatee, the Van Dyke kind of situation almost, and hair down to my ass. And that's what I was doing. It was that kid playing fucking NFL Blitz for no reason. <laughs> you were a Hesher, my friend. Oh, for, for sure, sure, dude. For sure. 
If I was around, dude, if I had been around in like the fucking late 70s to 80s, like there's a very real stereotype they would have thrown me right into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wore, during during my junior year of high school, I only wore blue jeans and plain white t-shirts and my dad's old army jacket. That was like, like I, I really went for it. I was going to say, I remember the army jacket. That was, <laughs> that was a staple for yeah. like six years. Yeah, dude. I mean, literally. I had a look, man. NFL Blitz fucking ruled, though. That was a game that made me care about football in a way that, like, I I kind of didn't at home, you know? Um, yeah, just the shit talking. The destruction. Oh, yeah. When you when you just, when you, man, when you get a fucking huge turnover like that, you just look that dude dead in his face in the, like, in-between plays. You look him dead in his face and he's like, got your ass, bitch. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> Could you play yeah, with? Yeah, more so than, like, Madden. Madden's always, like, the real one, you know? Yeah, and you just you could trash talk in Madden, but like this game so fast and so visceral, it's just like uh, mm-hmm. in your face. Hit them with that killer grunt. Who are your teams, guys? <laughs> it's always Philadelphia Eagles, man. It's the only team for it's the only team for me. Yeah, just Niners, baby. Yeah, I'm a Redskins fan, but I would play with the Packers. It was the air. It was the Packers era, though, yeah. right? I mean. There was a time. There was a time when you talked about the Green Bay Packers, and it was most fucking certainly in the mid to late nineties. Yep. Very cool. So, Alex, what about you? What's your second? Is it time? Is, it is, is. it already time? Well, if it's going to be my second, then I'm going to go with the second entry in this series. Let me tell you about a little game called Time Crisis Two. Now you've I seen it, it well. in every arcade. Yeah, you've seen it in any arcade you've ever been into. It's two machines standing side by side in one cabinet in holy unity as God intended. All right. Um, it's a cool game in that it is a is an on rail shooter. You pump a couple quarters into this thing. There's a, you know, in this one, there's a story. Uh, it's basically some maniac has launched a bunch of satellites into space um, in a geosynchronous orbit. And then uh, humanity is supposed to believe that this network is going to help them out tremendously. But really, it's just all a cover so that he can then launch a nuclear satellite into space. And that's really all you need to know. He's a he's a bad guy. He's a terrorist guy. You know, before we had before all terrorists were a, it was, before that was a racist thing. Um, So. You play as one of two sort of special agents um badass dudes with neat jackets and cool red ferraris um the gameplay is light gun on rail shooter stuff you stand in front of the thing what i like about time crisis more than any other light gun game though is that well actually it's it's you know it's fucked up it's not even my favorite light gun game but i feel like this one is one that i wanted to talk about the most um the reload and cover factor of time crisis in general uh i like time Excuse me, Time Crisis 2, the best. It's my favorite entry in the series. Uh, so that's why I chose this one. But when you are shooting these guns, you run out of ammo, you duck down by pressing down on the pedal, or is it where you release from the pedal? And now I'm fucking I think you up. release. I think you release. I think you stand on it to stand out, and you release it to hide into safety. And when you hide into safety, it also reloads. Um, that shit is cool, because... You are on a timer, kind of, to complete the level, so you can't just hide indefinitely and really hog that machine up, but if you need to maybe consider your shots just a little bit more, it does allow you a safe space to kind of do that in, while maybe your teammate can handle some stuff. If, you've, if you're doing what I did a lot, which was older and younger brother kind of situations, as the older brother, and as a guy who really fucking liked this game, I could sort of, like, carry my brother with me, 
You know what I mean? And he could maybe handle, you know, pop up and pop a few guys and feel really good about himself. But it was a neat game to play with your friends because it's not adversarial at all. Um, you know, it's solid. It's good fun. It's got good set pieces. It's got good things like set pieces that you can destroy. Uh, you know, if you shoot this truck enough in the background, it'll blow up and it'll kill a whole wave of guys that might come at you or whatever. Like, it's just, it's fucking dope, man. And again, it's another one of those games that came out on the PS2 and you could play if you have, if you, you can still play to this day if you have a CRT television. Um, you know, you could play it at home and it was a pretty faithful reproduction of the game. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. Also, it was another game that we had in the arcade that I worked in. So actually you will find that that is a fucking big swaying point for me. Uh, what about you guys? You ever fuck with time crisis too, specifically? Yeah. Cause like you said, it was an arcade. Um, this is the game I played, uh, when I was with you or, you know, um, an adolescent boy who was at the same age as I was. <laughs> this is usually yeah, right. how I burned the last like two bucks that I had. Um, and yeah, that that foot motion thing, yeah, like you were talking about, it is so clutch. That was that, that, was that for us, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was literally like we got three bucks in our pocket. We're gonna go down to the Stokes Mart and get a fucking YooHoo out of the machine, right? and then we're gonna run up to the arcade and fucking play some Time Crisis. Yep. For me, this game was super satisfying because of the the gun itself, the clickety clack, because mm. it actually had a movable action. Yeah, it had a blowback on it. Mm-hmm. And I loved hearing that clack, 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 clack. That was my favorite part. Um, all of the games in the Crisis series, I believe, had that feature, at least in the beginning. A lot of them have broken um, since. So if you find one now in our arcade, it's not going to have that, most likely. Um, but man... So satisfying. And yeah, that cover mechanic was revolutionary for light gun games. It really made it like an arcade staple in that you really couldn't feel the same way at home. Even yeah. if it, I think it, and it was ported to consoles and stuff, it just never really felt right. Mm -mm. No, because it was often like you hold a button on the side of the gun to hop out or whatever else. There was just something about and the, and the foot pedal was like a wide. It was like a 24 inch metal grate that was on a lever. And so it was like loud and it was hefty and it wasn't hard. Like a, a little kid could stomp it down because it was a lever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it just it was sat everything about that game was tactile and satisfying in a weird way, you know? Plus your gun bench that you stood up against was like, you know, like waist height to a, to a grown man or so or whatever. So you kind of felt like you had this sort of very real separation in the game. Your character's always hiding behind or near something. And you kind of always had that in real life. Like I, I fucking love this game, dude. So for me, my number two is something that I'm hoping Alex can jump in on. Cause I think we've talked about this before and that is, is virtual on cyber troopers. Oh <laughs> yeah. What's this up? This is a, a dual stick mech fighting game from Sega came out in um, 1996 in North America. Um, it's a like one-on-one -on -one fighting game. You pick, you know, one mecha and then you had to go through each of the other. I want to say like eight or nine mechs. And each one has an advantage and like a super ability and bombs and all sorts of cool stuff. Um, there's some story, but who cares? Because you're fighting with giant robots with dual twin sticks and you're yeah. sitting in a cockpit. Man, you feel like this is more fun to me than Mech Warrior. And I played Mech Warrior like in a near VAR style cockpit thing. Not even yeah, close. Those, those immersive cockpit things. Yeah. Yeah. This game 
has like a frenetic speed to it. Like it's not as fast as oh, it's not like rapid, rapid, fast. But it makes you have to move quickly in order to survive. Like if you're not dodging and jumping and boosting, you're gonna die. Yeah, you got you have to be moving in this game, and and it's cool. What you're describing is a it's it's called a hosos as opposed to a hotas. A, a hosas uh, control scheme is hands on stick and stick. It's a two stick thing. Um, the way I actually played the most of it was on the Dreamcast because mm. it was one of those games that yeah. had a pretty faithful representation or or reproduction, and also you could get those peripherals for the Dreamcast like. PlayStation did a lot of peripherals too. Like they had arcade sticks and they had driving wheels and stuff, but they were generally like, they were very few and far between the dreamcast for as little as it spent, you know, as, as small as its lifetime was, it there was a fucking ton of peripherals for that thing. Um, so I had, which by the way, I don't have any more. And I, if you're listening to the show and you own one of those fucking dual stick things to a dreamcast, name a price. Like I got you name a price. Um, but yeah, man, who was your favorite? Who's your favorite virtual? Who's your favorite character? Oh man, I have a tough time picking. Um, I feel like you were uh, Cipher Viper Two, the pink one, the pink, the pink like fucking Mecha Gundam. No, actually, I was not. Yeah, I um, I often played a lot of Arfumed, like you were saying, just because the the yeah, I mean, it was more like the Uzis that were attractive to me than anything. Um, and then I also really liked um, later on Belgor or. Yeah, Belge door. Mm-hmm. He's this big hunking thing. He just had really powerful attacks. He was slow, but you didn't really need to hit people as much or as often to really get off the the win. Right. He's a thick boy. He is. Do you ever play this, Jake? No. <laughs> no, no fucking clue. No. no. I mean, it sounds like controlling the Megazord. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Except it's it's you're the you're the Red Ranger and also the Blue Ranger has been like injured so you have to take over his stick too. Yeah, it's a lot of stick stuff. Yeah, I got good with the joystick, you know. All right, let's move on to number two. What do you got, Jake? Or sorry, number this is number one. one. We're already number there. One. Oh, man, this is the end. Man, beautiful the, friend. Yeah. All right, drum roll. I told you it's going to be another racing game. The Venerable Daytona USA. I knew, ah, I knew this was going to be on your list somewhere. I don't know why, absolutely. but I knew it was going to be on your list. Yeah. The the whole reason I joined this podcast with you guys tonight is to talk about NASCAR. That's <laughs> <laughs> hell. Yeah. Let's go, dude. Yeah. No. Um, easily best looking racer when it came out, best physics. Um, it was, you could go manual transmission with a clutch when I'm like nine. That's awesome. Like, now I feel like I can hijack my dad's car, drive it down the street, you know, power slide around a turn. Daytona USA, I spent more money probably exponentially than the rest of the games on my list. Uh, I grew up in a family that liked racing to begin with, but um, the best part of this, it's it says Daytona in the name, and Daytona's in there, but it's not just NASCAR. Um, there's fantasy tracks in there. Um, your car looks like, uh, a NASCAR race car, but it's not, you know, it's more accessible to everyone. And, um, 
there was a heavy force feedback in the wheel um, that was just, it felt like you were holding on. Like you felt like you were about to wreck at any point in time and you were going to have to hit the gym the next day so you could do better next time. I just, I love this game. I want to buy this game. A good luck funding a functional cabinet, I would say. Most of these things got the crap beat out of them because of that force feedback that you're talking about. I mean, I I found a few out in the wild, but yeah. Even with a wheel, if it was in the wild, like I, I have seen kids walk up to machines and just grab those wheels and y- just destroy them. You know what I mean? Sorry. Yeah. I hate that. I apologize for interrupting you. I had to get that out because it's a. I have seen kids, I've yelled at other people's children for abusing wheels on and peripherals on machines. Yeah, it's too bad because this game, it is definitely the precursor to, you know, any any modern game like Forza um, and, and any of those like realistic games. This game's still arcadey, but like it really, I think if you talk to anybody who was really into real racing games now, they'd be like, this game was the beginning, the genesis of their love for racing games. Yeah, it's like this and OutRun, right? I mean, you guys ever play OutRun? OutRun's a really good racing game. It's fucking just just oozing with that fucking 80s style. I guarantee you I played it. Yeah, I, I there's no way that you haven't. It's it's probably the most popular or most successful uh, Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, arcade racer. Had those weird... Um, uh, columns like random Roman columns on the side of the road sometimes when you're going yeah, through Greece. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. weird. Yeah, a banging soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But did it have the theme song from Daytona USA? It did not. Which it did not. Richard Petty was nowhere near this game apparently. <laughs> so <laughs> the I get chills when I hear the theme song. This is like Dragon Ball Z Hell theme yes. song for Alex. I love this so much, dude. It, I'm so I, happy for you. <laughs> This was another one of those like dollar per play games, wasn't it? It was expensive. Yeah. Depends yeah. on where you went, but yeah, I mean for sure cuz you could always set that shit too, but uh yeah, man, I I regularly saw this thing around 75 cents to a dollar like everywhere. Yeah. I think that's why I stayed away from most racing games. It was just too much of an investment for my time. Like I wouldn't get out of it what somebody who was really good at those games was. And so, even as a little kid, I was like how much time can I get out of this money? You know why? Because I, I could at least tell you for myself is because I am an all or nothing person. And when I sit down at one of these machines, manual, or even as an adult, manual, automatic, whatever, it's pedal to the fucking metal, dude. My foot is smushing that pedal. And you can't do that in a lot of those games. You sometimes no. have to actually drive like a real human being and let off the gas around turns and, and like shift down, you know. Not me, dude. I was like fifth gear the whole way, just screaming. <laughs> and you end up wrecking a whole bunch, getting out of control, and people lap you three or four times, and your your game's over, and you feel bad. Yeah. I think you probably are like me, and it's like um, Need for Speed is kind of probably more your jam. Yeah. Like, I'm a burnout guy. Like, if I'm going to talk about actual vehicles, actual cars in a video yeah. game, burnout's the only fucking thing for me. That's fair. C- come back, Criterion. We love you. We miss you. All right, Alex, what about you? What's your number one? I don't want to talk about it because I don't want it to be over, but I'm going to bring it out here. So listen, your boy plays fighting games. Mm-hmm. Not as much as I used to and not as much as I probably should. But the 90s, you see, they were a good time for fighting games. They were a good time for uh, 
controversy in video games and problems. So, in order to celebrate something that I think is very important in uh, video game history and arcade history, I had to include a Mortal Kombat game on my list. Now, I did not go with Mortal Kombat 1 or 2, which are the ones that I actually played the most. I went with Mortal Kombat 3, specifically Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, uh, because I think that that was that was the best one. You know, original Mortal Kombat caused all the controversy. Mortal Kombat 2 was a better, I mean, I think everyone can agree, was like an objectively better Mortal Kombat game. Uh, MK3 is where that game really hit its, or when that franchise really hit its stride, where they added in a lot of things that remained in the game to this day. Your additional sort of finishing moves outside of just regular fatalities, uh, your sprint ability, your dash ability across the stage. Um, a lot of new characters that became staples, like the robots, Cyrax, uh, and stuff like that. You know, like uh, Motaro came in at this time. Uh, I don't know. Like, this this game ate a lot of quarters and made a lot of bitter enemies. And it made me... I credit Mortal Kombat as a genre, or as, as a franchise, rather. I credit the Mortal Kombat games with giving me a thick hide in video games and, like, in shit-talking. Because... Man, like, I I was a younger kid in the arcades, uh, you know, growing up, and a lot of these older kids would just shit on me. You know, like, like really just tear my ass up in a video game, and it was hard for me to scrape money to go to the arcade in the first place. Um, you know, let alone getting there, because it's not like I had a car, you know. So if I ever got the chance to really sit down and finally beat my way to the front of the line and be able to play some goddamn Mortal Kombat, I got tore up, you know. And that was the that was what was like what I like about the arcade experience and what I like about fighting games is because there's that whole struggle, that whole like reward, that whole special day of being at the arcade, whatever it was for you as a kid. If you're playing a fighting game or an adversarial game in the arcade, that's like now you got to fucking fight to earn your keep. You got to fight to be here to to to, to uh, feel like you got something out of the day. You know, unless you're just gonna go play fucking skee ball and win tickets and and come home with like a pair of those horrible vampire teeth that hurt your face. You know, uh, but if you're in there to play video games, like for me, it was fighting games. Like that was the shit to do because you could talk shit. You could learn things. You could get better. You could see a market improvement in your technique. You know, as you played more, if you stuck with the same game long enough and you maybe even fought the same people long enough, like they, somebody might teach you something that you didn't know. This was the era of finishing moves due to fatalities and people figuring out fatalities and being like, no, 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 no. Do you know if you do, hold on, wait, hold, give me, give me two quarters and I'll show you a fatality. And somebody would pop two quarters in and they'd fucking beat an NPC real fast. And then they'd show you a new fatality you've never seen. And it's like, oh, fuck, really? I didn't even know that was in the game. That's awesome. Um, we've lost that and we'll never have that again. Like, it doesn't matter what state arcades are in or video games are in. We'll never have that again because we have the internet. You right. Know, if you want to know the move list, it's there. Hell, the move list is built into the game now. You know? Right. Yeah, people, you know, well, I think fighting games became more accessible. I think that that what you're talking about is a really cool part of it arcade games, but it's also a huge barrier to entry. And so now when you have like training modes and 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 modes that like even go into like the new Killer Instinct games really do a great job of talking to you about infinite frames and crossovers mm-hmm. and all these super nuanced tactics to that are never really explained in a lot of other games where they exist. Um and hitboxes, too. They talk about hitboxes. And that makes it so that anyone could go from complete novice to pretty competent in these games, which is, yeah. you know, I think it's like, yeah, you don't have that experience of, like, learning or finding a, a secret, 
but you do have more people playing them and more people can understand how they work, which is equally cool, I'd say. I would say fighting games are far, far bigger than they've ever been, uh, especially with like, you know, games like uh, Street Fighter 4. That was the one, right? Like Street Fighter 4 was the one that really blew up to where you can buy it on your PlayStation 3, you can buy it on your Xbox 360. Uh, you know, there were some arcade editions that were out there you could play, but like, damn, now that stuff's in your home. So there's a good training mode. There's, you know, it's all, it's all there and you can play with people on the internet like that. You know, I appreciate the fact that there's a piece of time that I got to experience that no one else ever will. And that's kind of how I look at it. I'm not like mad that it's gone. I'm actually more kind of glad that I was around for it. You know what I mean? And plus Mortal Kombat 3 was fucking dope, dude. It was bloody as hell. There, like it, it had uh, Jade and uh, Melina and Katana with their skimpy clothes. Uh, it had hell. Sindel had skimpy clothes on, but I always thought she was an old lady. It turns out she just had gray hair. She was kind of immortal either way. She had a banging body, but she looked like a grandma. I don't know, man. Whatever. Uh, There's a lot of cool characters. Mortal Kombat's a character game, and I love it so much. And I guess you could say that about really every 2D fighter, but like, I don't know. If you if you are around the age of 30, Mortal Kombat means something to you. <laughs> Whether it's the movie or playing it with your older brother or playing it in an arcade or whatever, like it means something to you. Do you ever play this game, Jake? Yeah, obviously. Um this is the if I was gonna play a fighter in the arcade, it's Mortal Kombat. Um usually the only fighter in the arcade, but if there were options, I mean, because it was the most fun to play with someone else that you didn't know. Because, yeah, you could get your ass kicked and be like, that was badass. You ripped my head off and inflated my lungs or whatever the fuck the finishing move was. You know, um, I don't know. It was just a lot of fun. Yeah, I remember this game mostly for its roster, like you were saying. It's just like massive roster. And all the ladies. Yep. All the. It was interesting because, like, it seems like they found a way to really optimize the mm, the different characters by using like, the same model, but just like changing the color. Mm, those palette swaps, man, that was a big deal. Your Scorpion Sub-Zero, you know, uh, Reptile Smoke, Noob sub like, you know, yeah. There, there are the ninjas in Mortal Kombat until later versions where they could really, where like modeling and stuff became more accessible and cheaper and, and the franchise had gotten so big, like... Those first three games, it was the same character actor across the board, and they just fucking switched the colors on his clothes, you know? Yeah. Is this the one that features, like, babalities and, and all yeah. that stuff? Okay. Animalities and all that shit, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is a very pivotal moment in the franchise. That's why I chose this one, because like I said, I played more Mortal Kombat 2. Like, that was... Mortal Kombat 2 is and always will be my Mortal Kombat. Like, that's the one I go to if I want to play. Uh but three changed the fucking game. Like it, it, right. it flipped everything upside down. And that's what we have today. Those good new mortal Kombat games that you guys have been playing. Like that's, that's based on mortal Kombat three skeleton, not twos, you know? Yeah. I never really like got into mortal Kombat like street fighter, but I highly respect the series first longevity and its ability to adapt and kind of become newer things and still remain pretty good. I mean, I've bought a couple myself and played the ever living crap out of them. But, um, yeah, yeah. And great Ed Boone series. Is, Ed Boone's a fucking maniac, and I appreciate that he's out there. You know what's great about him is he's not afraid to try new stuff. He's all, he knows they have to evolve the game and change it, and mm-hmm. he's willing to do that, and that's really awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Mortal Kombat always does something different. 
And sometimes that works out really great. Sometimes it doesn't. I'm looking at you, Sub-Zero Adventures. Fucking garbage. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, Last but not least, I'm going to finish this out with another four-player game. You don't say. I don't say. Mm, Actually, I do say. Uh, It's from Capcom. came out in 1994. It features aliens and predators alien versus predators the arcade game is what i'm talking about there it is um i don't know anyone who hasn't at least seen this game if not played it one time in an arcade because capcom's art for this game is insane and it tied in with alien tied in with predator two things that are super cool not only that but like this is the first time you get to see like Two different kinds of predator. You got the warrior and the hunter. Everybody wanted to be one of them, had a favorite. It's got a dude with a robot arm that punches people and a chick with a katana. I mean, come on. Can't go wrong. It took took both Alien and Predator and made it fucking Capcom anime as fuck. Yep. That's what I like. Like All the art around that game was like just crazy anime. All the splash screens and the story mm. stills and all that. Oh, so good. The story's horrible. Um, gameplay is repetitive, but man, it is so good to get that infinite ammo on your arm, on your shoulder can and just be like, blah, 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 blah. Mm. I want to fucking play this game right now. It's really good to this day. I've beaten it. I beat it um, at home um, on a ROM and... Oh, I had such a good time. It's not that long. I think it can beat it in about 20 minutes if you really go through it. Yeah. Hey, guys, that's another thing. As we're talking about arcade machines, that's how arcade games are. They're like 25 to 30 minutes long, all of them, because you're never going to get there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever play this, Jake? I think I missed this one, Um, but I'm looking at some pictures. It looks fucking awesome. You should play yeah. it. You should Come play it. House. Go over to Alex's. Yeah. yeah, play this game with him. You'll have a blast, honestly. Yeah, I'm looking at this still a predator with a machine gun, and there's just fire everywhere. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this game is really good with the fire effects, and just like being able to pick up weapons and use them for a short period of time. Like, there's, there's a couple games that did that. I mean, I think Capcom really kind of took that to a new level in general with Final Fight, but, like, this game might be the epitome of that. Yeah. You know, if you ask me why I got sent to the principal's office in, like, fourth grade, it was probably because of exactly what Jake... The words Jacob just said, which was that I was drawing Predator with a machine gun with fire everywhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that, hits, that hits every note for me. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, do we have any honorable mentions? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I have. I have. I'll, I'll narrow it down. I have one. Okay. Yeah. Just one each. I think that's good. What about you, Jake? Ooh. If it's gonna be one, I'm gonna say Big Buck Hunter. Big Buck Hunter. Yeah. Really. You grow yeah, up. Boy. You grow up in the fucking woods. You want to play a video game about hunting? It's. <laughs> they had this. And our pizza place. The pizza place. Yeah. Our arcades, uh, the bowling alley, the movie theater. They fucking probably had it at every gas station around here, man. This, this is the game. Well, to put, and to put that in perspective before, before he goes on with that, Caleb, I need you to understand something. 
up here in in this general area, even in the arcade in uh in the mall, like we didn't have any S and K fighters. Oh, I see why like, you like this like, game then. <laughs> we like we like we didn't have any of that kind of shit. We didn't have. I mean, most no Fatal Fury, games, no King of Fighters. No, oh. there was no King of Fighters game anywhere near here. Uh, but this game was everywhere that you thought you might accidentally find an arcade machine. Like like Jacob said, like like a fucking like a like an auto shop slash gas station on the middle of a highway in the middle of a country ass town. You'll find one of these in it. They were everywhere. Yeah, I'm watching some footage right now. Um, I don't get it, but that's yeah. me. I'm a city boy, so feels good. It feels like the game that feels good when you hold you're holding a big shotgun. You know what I mean? Model yeah. gun. Even if you're using a rifle in the game, it's always a shotgun that it comes with as a light gun. Yeah, I, you know. Damn, I forgot I did, that. Never even, never even hit me to list that thing. I probably would have included it in my list. Yeah, it was much time as I spent playing that game. The animals are defenseless. That's the worst part, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it is not. It is not a survival hunting game. It is you out there just murdering sometimes ten to twelve bucks in a row. I do appreciate the fact that you know you're not actually killing animals, so that's cool. Yeah, everyone who played that game has killed an animal. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's also that. Okay, Alex. What about you? Honorable mention. Smash TV. Ah, very classic game right there. Yeah. Uh, this is a game that I asked my, the arcade owner here in town to get over and over and over and over again. And Rick Novak, I can't believe you betrayed me like this. Um, They didn't have it up here. Uh, They did not have a Smash TV cabinet in the local mall, which was like sort of the biggest place that I could get to. Um, But growing up, man. It was like every arcade had a Smash TV somewhere, and that game is fun as all hell. And and it's basically about like a surveillance police state reality TV fucking world that we live in now, which is like I think I think about Smash TV a lot. Yeah, with like a little bit of a running man in there, for sure. Yeah. 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 So if I had if, and also the game is itself is actually very good. Mm-hmm. Um so like I I fought, I wrestled, I actually said earlier, I'm going to scratch a game off my list. I switched two games around um, because I took, I took this one off my list to include Mortal Kombat instead. But Smash TV, if you've never played that game and you ever find one of those cabinets, just like put the 25 cents in, dude, it's worth it. Very cool. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to do one blanket statement and then one game. Okay. I'm going to do... All SNK games, <laughs> every SNK SNK game, um, specifically their fighters are really really good. But like anything that was on like a Neo Geo multi game machine is probably a good game. I mean that includes like Bust a Move, um, uh, World Fighters, uh, Fatal Fury, all that stuff. Everything from SNK is solid quality. You know Metal Slug, all that stuff. It's worth fucking metal slug. I know, right? The best sprite work that's ever been created. Still to this day, no one's outdone that sprite work. Nope. Um, but if we're going to talk about like one specific game, I'm going to mention the Dungeons and Dragons games from Capcom mm, because yes. it was a four player game, which again, I'm into those. Um, you could pick a class, you would get items, you could actually like um, get a code to come back and like get your character back. I'm not quite sure how the memory worked on that or how long it would store your character, but like 
No other game was doing that. It was like a game you could come back to and play again. Um, there's a couple different releases. It doesn't really matter. Both of them are good. Um, but man, just like that. It's like one level above Alien versus Predator. It's still really, really good. And, and it has even more systems on top of it. I can't I can't stop talking about it. It's so good. Yeah, I'm actually really glad you brought that up because that is another cab. If I if I ever came across one that I could I could feasibly like move some things around and squeeze out the liquid capital to buy one, I would absolutely buy one in a heartbeat. Yeah, it's another one of those games that I just don't understand why there's not somebody making something like it. You know, where's your um uh, they made a new D and D game, a new one of those, or maybe they just redid the old one and I They just redid recall, the old one. Yeah, as I recall, it was met with not 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 that great of a response. Ah. Bummer. Well, uh, I think that's it for us. Anything else you guys want to say? Fucking RIP arcades in general. We'll, we'll be doing a whole episode about the rise and fall of the arcade system, but like, they're gone now. They don't exist anymore. You have a Dave and Buster's and you have a Chuck E. Cheese and neither of those are what an arcade actually is to me. You know what I mean? Right. It's a place that has, it may have some arcade cabinets, but the arcade is gone. It died. It died years ago and it super fucking sucks. Yeah. And the barcade at your local city tavern or whatever, the barcades, they're not real arcades. You'll never know. No. I'm glad they're there. I'm glad I'm yeah. glad I can go somewhere and play Mr. Do, but like <sighs> you know, it's not it's not the fucking same. Nope. It's an area that um has just faded from time. But hey, you know, everything changes. Yeah, you can't stop progress. I mean I also now have I have like fucking a $300 super gaming computer in the form of literally whichever console you want to buy. Cause the, right. it's fucking crazy. The things they're capable of. So like, that's the, that's, the, that's the difference, I guess. I don't have to spend gas money to go play video games now. So sure. That's cool. All right, guys, uh, we're going to get out of here. You can um, check out more shows like this on the Ninja pancake network. I'd like to thank them for uh, having us on. Got good stuff on there, like Bombshell Jackets, which is about Tom Clancy's The Division. And by the time this episode's out, um, I'm going to say we've got a new podcast coming out. It's a politics podcast. Um, I am producing it. It's called The Lifeboat. And if you're interested in what's going on in the world, specifically the United States, I would check it out. I recommend it. Um, it may not be for everybody, but... Please just give it a listen. Give it a follow. You can follow them on Twitter at LifeboatThe. Um, and check it out. It should be released for the next two weeks. That's exciting. Yeah, it's good times. Uh, thanks to Speaker Freaks for the Geeks Watch theme. Um, check out their music at speakerfreaks.com. Subscribe to Geek Squatch on iTunes. Rate us and please leave us a comment. Um, visit us on geeksquash.com and email us at podcast at geeksquash.com. You know what, guys, I really appreciate is people calling us and leaving us voicemails. We've gotten quite a few recently, and they're really fun. So give us a call at 540-692-9165, and we'll play your call and message on the show. Please do that. <laughs> It's fucking. It's a lot of fun. I love. I love that. I because I because I don't. I don't pre-screen them before the show, so I literally I download them from the Google Voice 
uh, account. I upload them to our drive. And then at some point, usually towards the end of the show, I'm like, all right, Caleb, go download this. Let's listen to it right now for the first time. So leave us some good shit because it's always a surprise. I like it. We get hot takes. Yeah. Give me your hot takes. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Geek Squatch Pod. Um, you can follow me um, at It Resolves. Alex at W.A. Hirsch. Where can people find you, Jake? Nowhere. No, no Twitter. <laughs> cab, so. a, cab, a cabin in the woods. You know what? You're better off. You're better off for that. He's I a smarter said. man than we are. Yeah. I was going to make one up. Couldn't couldn't do it. So what's your top number one arcade story? Everything weird, Alex? Me? Yeah, I worked in an arcade. I have a ton of fucking weird arcade stories. <laughs> like, I have a ton of weird arcade stories. Uh, there was a guy that I had to, um, he came in wearing a mask, he had, his, he had no shirt on, he came in wearing like a bandana over the lower half of his face, fucking with a gun in his sweatpants, and I had to call the cops, and I had to, the cops instructed me, my mother instructed me, to keep him in there. Uh, so I had to, at like, you know, 16 or however fucking old I was, had to fucking convince this guy, like talk to this guy and get him to hang out here, knowing full well he's wearing a fucking mask and a gun, um... Because my mom was like, well, do you feel dangerous? Is he being dangerous? And I was like, nah, man, he's just fucking here. And I'd like, I don't really know what to do about that shit. Um, wearing masks is a felony in Virginia, by the way. Oh. Um, yeah, so it's a whole thing. Um, so I snitched, and I kind of feel bad about it now. because You're I've been a known narc. Uh, I, I have, there's a past. There's a narc past, but I'm over that now. I narc on no one now. Do your thing. Commit crimes. It's great. Um, just don't fucking implicate me in them. Uh, that's just one, dude. I mean, I've had, I've like, I've dealt with fights i've broken up fights i've been in fights um you know just the whole nine yards working in an arcade presents some fucking wild shit i i've boned in an arcade before (laughs) 